Welcome to Momentum Church. I want to get into the last week of this series. We've been doing a series called If I'm Being Honest. And this week, I'm going to say something. And when I say it, some of you, your teeth are going to kind of get on edge when I say it. Because you're going to hear this and think, eh, I don't know if I agree with that. But you know what? It's okay. You don't have to. For me, it's how I feel sometimes. Amen? If I'm being honest. That's kind of the nature of this whole series. And so if I'm being honest, you guys ready for this one? If I'm being honest, I don't understand why God doesn't step into every situation. Oh, y'all, holy up in here. Like, like you ain't never felt that way a day of your life. Like, no, I don't. I just rest in the sovereignty of God. And <laughs> No, I don't know about y'all. I get frustrated. There's things I have wanted to see God move, and it wasn't happening, and he wasn't moving the way I wanted to see him move. And I get frustrated. I'm like, God, I don't get it. I don't understand why you won't step into this situation. Well, he's a father. I'm a father. And you know what? As a dad, I step in different ways at different times with my kids. How many helicopter dads do we have in here? Anybody? Yeah, yeah. You're like, like always over top watching out for the kids, kind of micromanaging. Sometimes I do that. Sometimes. Sometimes I answer quick and complete. Sometimes. Other times I'm slow to answer because I know a quick answer isn't what they need. I'm dad. I know my kid. I'm watching out for them. Sometimes I let them figure things out for themselves and draw on what they already know and have the ability to handle. I'm a father. I'm watching out. But here's the thing. As a dad, though, although different times, different ways, I interact different ways, as a dad, I'm always right there in close proximity, right? How many dads in the room? You're always right there helping them go through what they are dealing with. Now I go back to the original question. I don't understand why God, our Heavenly Father, doesn't step into every situation. Now, the reason why that makes your teeth hurt is because it's a flawed question, right? But it's how we feel. Isn't it cool that we can actually have a God that we don't have to hide how we feel with, you know? We don't have to be like the two-year-old that's eating a donut. You can't see me, so I know. You know what I mean? I can't see you, so you can't see me. No, we can be very open with God. And there's been times I've been flat out upset with the Lord. Right now, there's some things I'm a little bit upset with. God, I don't understand why people in my life that I love are going through the hell they're going through. And it makes me frustrated. makes me angry. And I know my anger is directed at the enemy. Amen? My anger is directed at this fallen world that literally everything about this world groans for the return of Jesus. We all look for his return. I still get frustrated, and I think this sermon today has come out of that. I know that question's flawed, and I remind myself it's flawed. Why? Because he does enter into every situation. Now, the thing with it, he doesn't enter in as I expect at times. And so what I want to do this morning is kind of a different type of teaching. I'm going to write on the board, and you all know how good I am at that. Not Brantley. I'm not, I'm not very, um, my penmanship is not great, all right? So you have to read in tongues. <laughs> but here, listen, when it comes to dealing with unmet expectations of the Lord, remember these three words. I want you to have these three words. This came from a call on Monday. 
where my heart was heavy with this matter. God, why won't you right now change this situation? I'm sorry, I'm sappy today. Why won't you make a difference right now the way I want to see it right now? And I felt like when I got off the phone, I just sensed in my spirit these words. And it was weird. I didn't even quite get it yet. But it was sometimes, always, never. Everybody say sometimes. sometimes. Say always. always. Say never. I'm going to put it up here on the board. Sometimes. I need a shorter board. Always. And never. I was telling my wife, I said, this is a kind of a, an unusual teaching. I, I didn't know, quite know how to notate this, you know, so I may get lost a little bit, and that's all right, but we'll get there, amen? Sometimes, guess what? This is so cool. Sometimes miracles happen. How many enjoy that? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I just think having a miracle is so cool. When I was 25 years old, I was in a church service, and I had asthma for years. You know, that's the reason why your pastor doesn't like cats. Because if I got around a cat, my lungs would close up and I'd feel like I was dying. When an animal tries to kill you, you stop liking it. I'm serious. I don't care how cute that little Persian looks. That one's really going to kill me. The cuter, the bigger hair, like I'm dying. But I was in a church service and the pastor burnt incense as an illustration. And man, by the end of that service, it closed my lungs up. And I couldn't breathe and I left my inhaler at the house and I'm dying. And so the men of the church, pastor, I told them, I said, man, I'm not doing good. And so the men of the church, they got together, they laid hands on me, and 10 minutes, that asthma attack was gone. And I've never had, I'm 50, I've never had an attack in 25 years. Amen? Come on. Yeah. I believe in signs and wonders. I believe in miracles happen. Sometimes, miracles happen. I'd like it to be normative. I'd like it to be all the time. I would love to be able to say, hey, they're always going to be probable, not just possible. Because that's good preaching. And I believe it. And I'm going to keep believing it. Amen? Sometimes, everybody say miracles happen. Here's the thing, though. Sometimes they don't. At least not the way you want it to and the time frame you want it to. And so there's an always that's important here. Always, there's an opportunity opportunity for, I love this word too, increase. Everybody say increase. increase. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes the body is perishing and the spirit is increasing. Amen. Sometimes things are all going crazy and there's other things you can look at and say, well, I see increase in that. All I'm saying is that when it comes to the always, there always is an opportunity for increase. Let me tell you a little bit about father-son relationship with Grant, my son, Grant. He has been on his own for well over two years now. That boy, when he was 19 years old and two months, moved out on his own. I was so stinking proud of him. And, and, and in moving out on his own, he's been in tight situations before financially, but you realize he never asked for anything? Yeah, hey, I hadn't. And I never offered help. <laughs> no, what I was trying to do was allow him as a dad to have increase, to be strengthened, to be stretched, to everything grow. Yeah, yeah. And when, about that time when... He was at that age where we're starting to fuss, you know, you got two men in the house and you're feeling that, you know what I'm saying? Um, he and I had a conversation and I said, I am freeing you 
Dad, you're kicking me out. No, 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 no. <laughs> I am freeing you to be your own man. And six months from now, you're going to look back and be so proud of yourself for the decisions that you made, you know? All right, Dad. I got to find an apartment. Yes, you do. <laughs> and so he and Mama, they went looking for an apartment, you know? And, and literally, they could not find an apartment. It was like two weeks. So he comes to me, and he's like, Dad, I still can't find an apartment. I said, give me a second. Let's pray. And so I prayed. I got on Craigslist. Ten minutes later, we have an appointment to go get this boy an apartment. He goes, how'd you do that? I was like, I'm good. <laughs> no, I told him, I said, no. I said, we prayed, didn't we? He goes, yeah. I said, God brought his favor in that moment for us. But I wanted to see him stretch. I wanted him to look for himself for a little bit, and he tried. And the next thing you know, we begin to have this opportunity. Well, when we got there, Pop, will you do the talking when we get there? Absolutely not. You got to make your own like presentation, like, like you have to sell yourself because it was a little studio apartment over here in Canton and you know, the little older guy, he was nervous about who he's gonna rent it out to next and, and now you got this 19 year old kid and man, Grant got in there and just proved himself. He did, I mean, I, I was like, that's a wise man right there. <laughs> I was so proud of him. But guess where daddy was the whole time? Right by his side. I just wasn't doing it for him. Why? It was a moment for him to have an opportunity for increase in that moment. Now, sometimes between this and this, it seems like you're all alone. But this whole never, man, he will never leave you or, everybody say it, forsake you. Oh, yeah. It's going to free some people up today. Amen? He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Recently, Grant, he had dealt with a car issue. Got into a bad car, you know, cost him a ton of money, ended up losing the car because, you know, not losing it to debt, just it just, it, it wasn't working anymore. And so he went neck deep, got himself another car, and he was tight, and he needed some finances until payday. He hadn't asked in two years. He needed some finances until payday. And he's like, hey, Dad, can you catch me until payday? Yes, son, I can. He had a heart attack. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, with interest. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> I didn't say that. But um, I said, you've been working hard. You're doing good. It's not like you ask all the time. And, and man, he did right, man. He got his thing, paid his bill. A couple days later, check came in, took care of business. I was just so proud of him. But the thing was, he knew I wasn't going to leave him or forsake him. You know? And when it was time, he got to see the heart of the father alongside of him. But I'm telling you right now, this father stretched him a lot the last few years. A lot, all right? I want to go back to sometimes miracles happen. And we're going to work our way through this. Because when it comes to sometimes miracles happen, we have got to have faith, right? In order to see a miracle happen, we need faith. And what I'm going to title this as is faith to receive. I before E, except after. You all know you do that. Every one of us. Did I get it right? All right, good. So faith to receive. And the Bible is absolutely full of stories of people having faith to receive. I think about the woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, something was wrong on her body. And she went to doctor after doctor. The Bible says that she has spent all her savings. She is broke. 
And now she shows up and the throngs, the people, they're all around Jesus, like pressing in, the masses are. And she's trying to get to Jesus. And she has this kind of level of faith. Like she had heard what he does. She had this kind of level. If I can just, she didn't say if I can just touch his face, touch his hand, you know, have him look at me, have him speak a word. She goes, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, if I can just get close enough to grab his robe, that's all I got to do. I will be made well. And if you read it in the Greek, it basically is saying she continued to say that. So she continued with her faith as she was going forward. If I can but touch, and she's getting bumped by people, and if I can but touch, and she's getting pushed back, and, and if I can, but she got to Jesus, and she touched the hem of his garment. The Bible says that the virtue of God, it just flowed out of Jesus. He could sense that virtue, that anointing, that power flow from him. And he turns to her and he says to her in Mark 5, 34, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Sometimes miracles happen. And that moment was a sometime moment for her. Amen. Another man, Bartimaeus outside the streets of, of Jericho on the outside, and he's sitting there, and Jesus is walking by. Again, all the people, and he hears Jesus of Nazareth. He hears the name, and so he begins to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And he cries out even more, Jesus, and then people call him to shut up. Like, and I love it. It says he just cries aloud even more. He's just, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus comes to him, and he asks, what do you want me to do for you? If Jesus asks you, what do you want me to do? Tell him. I love it. And be specific. He says, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And then in Mark 10, 52, and Jesus said, go your way. Your faith, everybody say faith, has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Then there's another woman, a woman from Canaan, who had a daughter who was severely oppressed by a demon. And this woman, when she comes to Jesus to try to get prayer for her daughter, Jesus kind of kind of messes with her head a little bit. Yeah, Jesus ever mess with your head? At least it feels like it, right? It's like, oh, what in the world? And so what ends up happening, he's like, I didn't come here to bring healing to you. I'm here for the children of Israel. She's a Gentile. You're like a dog. I'm not going to throw the healing bread, the children's bread that's meant for Israel to you. Oh, I, I, I'm not going to go into the whole, there's a lot of reasons why he did this. It's kind of like, Jesus was mean in that moment. <laughs> At least it sounds like it, right? But he had a purpose. Sometimes it feels like it. Sometimes it feels like and we're on our way to a miracle that we don't feel the kindness of God. <clears throat> I think she kind of felt that way in this moment. But she stayed faithful, and she said, even the dogs that eat from the master's scraps, they get the bread from the master. And he looked to this woman, and he answered, and he said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it done for you as you desire. And her daughter was instantly healed. Even amongst all this opposition that you're sensing and feeling, even doubting and hearing my words, not being able to understand my words, and you're frustrated, Man, your faith was stellar. Be healed. See, that's faith. Everybody say faith to receive. And we've been taught that, you know? Like, like, and I believe in some of that. I really do. I believe. Let's name it and claim it. Let's blab it and grab it. Let's call it and haul it. <laughs> like, like, yeah. But on the other side of that, every one of us in this room, there's things we have named and claimed, blabbed and grabbed and called and hauled that 
ain't in our driveway, ain't in our house, ain't in our family, ain't in our health. Amen? How do we reconcile that? If I'm being honest, why doesn't God enter into every situation? That's how it feels sometimes. How do we reconcile that? Before I go into the next thing with this, I want us to understand as a church, we believe in the full gospel message. All right? How many of you ever heard that term, full gospel? Yeah, yeah. It's not a term you hear much anymore. 60s, 70s, and 80s is really big. But what that means, the full gospel message, we believe that Jesus saves. All right? But we also believe that he sanctifies. You can kind of put a little slash, sanctifies, delivers. What's that mean? That means that he sets you apart as holy unto God. That means the stuff you're doing today that you know is outside of his plan, stop it. But you're not going to stop it alone. He will help you through this. He'll empower you through the Holy Spirit, but you've got to make the choice to stop. Amen? And so what happens is he brings Israel out of Egypt, then he gets Egypt out of Israel. All the old ways. And that's sanctification. That's deliverance, all right? So he saves, he sanctifies. Then another part of it is he's coming back for us. That's another f- the part of the third part of that, 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 that message of the, of the kingdom of God in that full gospel message. He is coming back for his bride. You're his bride. I'm his bride. Amen? Don't I look pretty? You're his bride. You look pretty. Yeah. But guess what the fourth thing is in that full gospel message? And we believe it. The fourth thing is he's a healer. Amen? How many has been healed in this room? Yeah. Many of us. Many of us. And so as a church, we believe in healing. And since we believe in healing, we look at scriptures like this and we do it. Even though we may go, okay, Lord, sometimes we see it and sometimes we don't, but we're going to be faithful. It says in James 5, 14 through 15, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him. Anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith. Everybody say the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up and, he has, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. All right? So the prayer of faith. This idea of, of declaring a thing, being able to take your mouth and speak the word of God and declare in that moment the promises of the Lord, that's a powerful thing. And we need to be able to be people who have faith to receive and that is a people who is willing to speak the word. God, I recognize you're a healer, a deliverer. I recognize that you do powerful things, and I'm not afraid to pray in that moment and speak into that. In that moment, I'm going to speak God's words. I'm going to speak his promises, what I see in Scripture. Now, here's the thing, though. Sometimes as we're speaking his word, we're not seeing the answer. So what do we need to focus on when we speak the word in faith, but we don't see the answer? What we need to focus on is this. You ready for this? We don't see the answer. We still speak the word. We still align our hearts to the word. We still align our hearts to God. But now we have faith to grow. Faith to grow. Man, it's a powerful kind of faith to have. Amen? Some of you are like, man, I wish my husband would get that faith. Faith to grow. I wish my my boss would get that faith. Like, we need to have faith to be changed, to increase, to grow, to develop. Romans 8, 28 talks about this faith to grow. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So all things, all things, there's an opportunity for increase. All things work together for the good of those. In that midst of that, there's an opportunity to grow. I, I couldn't understand because I had seen 
hearing miracles in my life. And when I went deaf, I couldn't understand why I couldn't get healed. I remember I was 20 years old in a block building church up in the hills of Appalachia, Ohio, okay? And it was probably from that pew to that wall was how wide this church was and about this deep. And there's a little altar platform up here, a little bit shorter than this. And I was preaching a revival that week. And, um, and man, this guy came up, they called him Bear, big tall guy. And I stood up on that step and I laid hands on Bear and he had had an industrial accident and was deaf and he would read lips. And everybody in that church knew Bear couldn't hear because he was a part of that community for years. And so I'm praying for Bear, Bear starts crying, Bear starts screaming. Next thing you know, Bear's hearing. The church, they went ballistic. I'm talking, I mean like really pinnacle. <laughs> really Pentecostal. I mean, like, they will come out, you know. It was, it was amazing. So that happened. A few years later, I'm at a church, at, at, at our church in Ohio, and a guy comes up, and he says that he's deaf, and he wants prayed, and he's hard of hearing. He's deaf in one ear and hard of hearing in the other. And so he has a hearing aid on. And so I lay hands on him. In Jesus' name, you know, I speak, say, baby, baby. No, I didn't do that. I didn't do that. But I have... I'm sorry, that's so wrong. You have to be old to know what that even means, so. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just a preacher back. I'm going to hell. <laughs> but, um, but he, so basically, I laid hands on this person, and all of a sudden, that person's like shouting, and, and they can hear in the ear that didn't have a hearing aid. I was thinking this was the deaf fear, and this was, I, I got them all mixed up. So I didn't even lay hands on the right ear is what I'm trying to say. But God healed him. He got his bad ear that couldn't hear at all opened up, you know. So I go deaf years ago. Man, I got in every prayer line. Why? Because sometimes miracles happen. I got in every prayer line I could, you know. Man, oil me up. <laughs> like a grease pig. I don't care. I want my hearing, you know. And what a testimony will be because people know how frustrating it is without me being able to hear, you know. Y'all remember how it was. People would come to church like, your pastor's rude. I went to say hi and walked on by. He just walked off like he didn't even hear me. <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> that happened. That happened. Oh, it's so funny. Uh, sometimes it made for a good excuse, though. It's like, can't hear you. No. <laughs> So, I mean, I'm getting all these prayers, nothing's happening, but sometimes miracles happen, so I'm believing for it. And my mother comes down, and my mother's a powerful woman of God. She comes down, and she brings Jesus and voodoo, them cone candle things, those earwax voodoo candle things from hell. And I was, I was, I'm not lying, my little Kentucky mama, she's got me laying on her lap. And my Jesus, I know you're going to heal my boy. I know you're going to restore his hearing, and you're going to use these voodoo candles to do it. No, she didn't say that part. She didn't say that part. But she did. She laid hands on me and prayed. And then she commenced to doing about seven or eight of those candles. Mama, mama, I can't take it no more. You're, you're hurting me, mama. You're hurting me. Burning my, burning my face and my ear. Couldn't hear. But guess what? It's an opportunity for increase. You, you all know I'm a talker. It wasn't until I went deaf that I became a listener. 
because I had to look at lips and read lips and concentrate. And if I was at a restaurant, I couldn't hear nothing. So I was shut up. And guess who got to talk when I shut up? Amy. She loved me being deaf. But Amy came out of her shell. It wasn't just an opportunity for increase for me. I started to learn to listen better. Guys, I was so, because uh, I could be talking to you, Charles, and I could be hearing what's going on over here, and my brain would be half-braining it. You know what I'm saying? And men, we're not good at it, anyhow. And so I'm half-braining it. I had a guy one time say, Pastor, if that's more important than me, go ahead and go talk to them. So I punched him. <laughs> No, it's just like, I mean, I'm just, I just, I was so, I just, you know what I mean? And man, going deaf caused me to be singular when I'm with people, because I have to be. And it caused Amy to be able to grow and communicate in environments where I would always over-talk and overshare, and she got to talk, and she grew. And then what's so crazy is I didn't get my miracle, but I'll, I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but God provided for me. And then I did it through our church surprising me they raised funds i didn't know about our church in ohio gave the churches that we helped plant here in georgia a bunch of them they gave and then the fish the christian radio station surprised me on air with the rest of the money needed for this surgery and this this and now i'm a cyborg i can hear it's awesome you know so faith to grow how many know faith to receive is important faith to grow is important too not in that middle of that to get discouraged and run away and distance yourself from God, but in the middle of unmet expectations, that faith to grow and to lean into God. And the way we do that, I believe, um, um, faith to grow, is we have to first check ourselves, all right? That's part of faith to grow. This here, it's all God, you know? But as we're starting to go forward, we got to check ourselves, and I do believe it's important when you're stuck in some things, get your ducks in a row, as my dad would say. Well, was there anything holding me back from receiving from God? Because there just might be. I remember a couple, um, this lady, she was in our Sunday school class in Ohio, and she wanted prayer for her sex life. She wasn't married. God don't bless no mess, people. Right? Can't really pray for that, honey. I'm sorry, you know. So... <laughs> Get married, stay married a long time, and you'll get really good at it. You'll figure each other out. Amen? There's some married folk in here, like married 25, 30, 40 years, like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but get your ducks in a row. Clean house. Like, what is it that I need to get in order? Take control of what you can take control of. That's part of faith to grow. God, show me where I need to grow, to develop. Maybe it, I need to bring some changes in my life for me to walk into what you want me to receive, all right? But here's the thing. Whether you receive it or not, that's not the object of your faith. That's not what your faith is rooted in. True faith isn't rooted in the fact that God can meet a need. Do you hear me? True faith is not rooted in the fact that God can meet a need. Like he can heal, he can deliver, he can provide for your finances. No, no, no. True faith is rooted in the fact that God is good. Period. Amen? So if he's good and he's a good father, then a father has a relationship with a son or a daughter, right? So true faith is rooted in relationship. 
It's rooted in proximity with God. That's why faith is so important. Because when you're not walking in what you want to receive, it's easy to begin to be distant from God. And when we line our words up and we speak the word of God, it lines our heart up in proximity to God. And we're walking with God as we grow. Does that make sense? True faith is rooted in that God is good. And that faith aligns our heart to walk with God in the midst of those things. And I'm going to tell you, you'll have a hard time sensing God's presence while you're going through things if you don't speak his word over your life. His word's powerful to speak it, to remind yourself of what you need to remind yourself of his promises. It's powerful to do that in your life. When we speak God's word, I do want you to hear this though. And sometimes Pentecostals, sometimes us Pentecostals, we can, it almost comes across like this. When we speak God's word, it's not an incantation. All right? An incantation, a spell. We're not like freaking Harry Potter you know, Christian, no, it's not an incantation, it's not a spell, it's not getting our words lined up just right so we can get God to do something, no, no, when we speak God's word, it's not an incantation, it's meditation, it's meditation, we need that, not Eastern meditation where you empty yourself, um, no, it's spiritual, it's Christian meditation, it's it's Jewish meditation, where you meditate on the words. That word meditate in scripture in the Old Testament, it's where we get the English word masticate. Masticate, to chew. To chew. And so we're chewing over the words. We're speaking the word. We're, we're allowing our hearts to be kept by the word of God. Because doubts will come and fear will come and disbelief and frustrations will come and try to get us away from the proximity. He'll never leave us, but we get away from the proximity that we have with God. And then we become susceptible to all sorts of things. Joshua 1, 7 through 8, only be strong and very courageous, being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. The word, the word. Don't turn from the word to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. Sounds like receiving, doesn't it? Sounds like increase, doesn't it? Yeah, but it's the word that holds you. Obviously, it's God, but reminding yourself of what God says over you keeps your heart close to God. When the lie, that thing that's alternate to the word of God, tries to pull you away. It goes on, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may do carefully according to all that's written, for then you will make your way prosperous and have good success. Sounds like this, doesn't it again? Faith to receive and faith to grow, to walk in increase. It does sound like that. That increase may look different than what you thought starting out, but it's still increase. And you have to understand when it comes to this idea of speaking God's word and walking and receiving from God, God is not capricious needing us to appease him. All right? He's a good father. Faith is rooted in relationship. And that trust that he's a good father. We speak the word to remind us of what he has said. Not to to twist the arm of God or to have, like I said, that incantation. But we speak it to remind us to keep our hearts close to God. Amen? Yeah, yeah. My 22-year-old son, you know, um, it's funny. You have a 70-year-old kid. Dad, you don't know anything. You know? You should know more. And then that kid turns 22 and it's like, Dad, you learned so much in the last five years. It's just true. It's like, it's like as a kid, like we don't know. It's how it is with God, you know. And we get to that place of growth where it's like, oh, I can, 
God, I understand now. I get it. You know, our church didn't grow fast. It's growing fast now. But man, it's so funny too, because people will be like, man, your all's church is just growing so fast. 18 years. <laughs> Does this face look like it grew fast? And I was so frustrated in the early years. But you know, God can't grow a church until he grows a pastor. And because I was locked in this, call hall, believe, like I need to receive it right now. And we did, we walked in that. For the first decade of our ministry, Amy and I, anything we touched blew up, excelled. And then we came here. And the next 10, 12 years, slow. But God was developing me. Amen? I've told you all before, I'm sorry. It took a little while. But then the last eight, nine years, man, we've just been seeing God bless left and right. Then COVID. But still, we're coming through it. Amen? <laughs> all right, so... The thing about that idea of keeping the word, my words ring clear in Grant's ears. And when he reminds himself of those words, he knows I'm with him through thick and thin. The same way, let the word of God ring clear and you'll know God's with you as you're going through this season of, of not having your expectations met the way you want in that moment. That last part here, he will never leave you or forsake you. There's faith involved too. What this is, ah, this is so good. It's faith to rest. Faith to rest. Because there is times where the answer's not gonna come. And it may not come in this lifetime. There's times it's so frustrating. But Deuteronomy 31, 6 and 8, be strong and courageous. Don't fear or be in dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. It was Joshua again like our last passage that, that was being spoken to here, because Joshua's going to go into the promised land to receive that land of Canaan, that promise. And he's worried. He's a young guy. And God wants him to walk into the promise that he has. In verse 8, it's the Lord who goes before you. He'll be with you. He'll not leave you or forsake you. Do not be dismayed. That's a faith to rest. What kind of faith do we move in when it feels like God's promises are far from us? We move into faith to rest. Being able to have that heart that, God, I don't understand, but I know you're at work. Being able to have that heart like Job, who lost everything, literally his boils on his body, taking a pot shirt, scratching his skin, because he's hurting so bad. And he says this in chapter 19, verse 25 through 27, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that in the end he will stand on the earth. This is a man who's had proximity with God. This is a man who has relationship with God. This is a man that wants a miracle to happen, hasn't seen it. A man that has had that growth and that experience of proximity with God. Now he's facing this, and he knows that God has not left him alone. His friends are telling him, just go ahead and forget this, God. His wife is telling him, just die. And he says, I know my Redeemer lives, and in the end, I will stand on the, he will stand on the earth. And after my skin has been destroyed, like this, he's already a mess. After my skin has been destroyed in my flesh, I will see God. I will myself will see him with my own eyes and not another. How my heart yearns within me. We sing that around here. Though my flesh it be destroyed, yet in my flesh I will see God. This is a man who was at rest. He had faith to rest. Why? Because he understood the eternal versus the temporal. I want everything to be done now in this 
fourth dimensional plane, right? You know, I want everything to be done here, right? But a lot of things aren't going to be perfected until there. I'm just going to be honest. I'm going to pray like it's going to happen right now. I'm going to pray that prayer. I'm going to believe God. But I also know things are temporal in this world. And God has an eternal, eternal plan. Jesus was preaching. I'll just kind of give you a, 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 a synopsis rather than putting the screen up or the, the verse up just to save a little time. Jesus is preaching in Capernaum. All these people are getting healed. Signs, wonders, amazing. He leaves and gets himself away. And they all chase after him, you know. You know that story. He's got to go on to another town to preach. And this happens over and over. We see it again in Luke 4. And when it was day, he departed and went to a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well. For I was sent for this purpose. These people, Jesus didn't heal everybody in that city. And so they all come out for their needs to be met. They all chase after. And he's like, hold on. Y'all go back home. I'm going on to the next city to preach the kingdom. But I thought healing was a part of it. It is. But our physical bodies are only part of this thing. It's temporal versus eternal. And he's like, I got to go preach the kingdom to the next city in town. We've got to get in our mindset that view of the temporal versus the eternal. The things that are fleshly, things here. Man, God has an eternal plan. And we can rest in that. Why? Because he never leaves us or forsakes us and we can move in faith to rest so that's the first thing temporal versus eternal the the, the next thing I want us to lean into as we close is to be able to be bounced not burdened being bounced in our faith not burdened by our faith and the way I would say this is we need to have faith Being bounced is having faith to receive, faith to grow, faith to rest. Which one? Is this a one-step process? I'm going to have faith? No. It's going to weave in and out, man. You're declaring God's word, and you're growing, and you're resting, and you're resting, and you're declaring his word, and you're growing, and you're, whatever, forget, resting, and, you know. It's all just, it's faith. Everybody shout faith. It's impossible without faith to please God. But my faith isn't rooted in what I'm receiving. My faith is rooted that God is good. Whether he ever does one thing again for me, saved me, my life has changed. And for that, I'll have an eternal existence apart from sickness, disease, poverty, etc. Amen? Now, he time and time again tells us, though, that we're to pray that prayer of faith. You can, God can do it be exceedingly abundantly above and beyond whatever you ask or think according to the power of God that works in you. That's what the scripture says. So guess what? Ask and think some. Like pray, like, like believe, speak. I, I'm not telling you not to. I will continue to pray that, and have that faith to receive. But I want to be bounced, not burdened. Pastor, what do you mean by bounced, not burdened? Years ago, a woman by the name of Carmelita Browning one of the most sweet ladies I ever knew in our church in Ohio, precious lady. And she was dealing with, with sickness. 
And she was speaking the word over her. She had a whole list of the word. And I believe that, and she believes that. And we were all praying the word over, and we believe it. And um, one day she's in my office, and she's just burdened. Like, she, I, you just tell it's burdened. And she's trying to be sure, if I don't say all these things just right and get it just right. It wasn't that she was using the word just to have proximity with God, to keep her mind at peace. It was almost as if, if I can get the incantation right, then God will work. And I could sense it. And I told her, you're burdened by this. When it comes down to it, we're not pagans that throw the virgin into the falls so that our harvest next season is better. Amen? That's not who we are, no. We don't speak the word like that. No, we speak the word to align our hearts. And, and she was burdened. If I can just do this right, speak it just right, enough times, then I'll be changed, you know? And the Lord just laid in my heart that faith isn't to be a burden True faith is a release. I didn't use the word rest. What came in my spirit that day was release. But it's rest. You believe, but also you rest. And it crushed us. She went on to see Jesus. Her husband's name's Jim. Ah, Jim's a good guy. Jim was one of the mentors when I was a little boy that would be at the Royal Ranger program teaching. And Jim, he's now um, um, a widow, or or widow, widower, widower. And just crushed. And he's living in this place. Faith to receive, it didn't happen. He's living in this place. He's struggling, but he's finding his rest in God. Another couple in the church, Ron Hughes. Again, another Royal Ranger leader. Another mentor. This Ron man, he was amazing. He was one of the number one leaders in America for the Ranger program, which is like, like a Christian Boy Scout program. And our program in Ohio was like the biggest in the nation. Um, uh, it was just amazing. And he had Agent Orange from being in Vietnam. And he went home and left Karen. Karen's special. She's so sweet. And man, she's crushed. And she's living in this, this as well. But life isn't about what's temporal. It's about what's eternal. And God had a plan. All things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. And long story short, a few years goes by, and Jim Browning and Karen Hughes, God put those two together. <laughs> They're a powerhouse team. Even 20 years ago, they got back together. Like, God did that. And here's the thing the Lord laid on my heart about that is, the marriage they have is not second best. That wasn't God's consolation prize. That was God working all things together for the good of those who love God. That we live in a fallen world that groans for healing. We live in a fallen world that groans for Christ's return. We live, but when things go skew, because this world's a mess, God says, have faith to receive, faith to grow, faith to rest, and watch me work this out for your good. And God did that for Jim and for Karen. Mind-blowing. Now they've got this relationship with all these grandbabies, and yeah, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a bunch of, it's a whole bunch of stuff. But they're having a time of their life. And, and in the first service, I'm going to say this too, the Lord laid this on my heart. Some of you in this room, you're sitting by somebody, and you are married to them, and you were divorced. And there's times in your mind that you think to yourself, this is God's permissive will, but not his perfect will. You've heard that taught before, right? And, and man, I'm just telling you right now, things are going to happen in this world that are a mess. But God will not hold your future hostage because of the will of another person. That person sets their will against God. 
They don't line their hearts up with God. And that relationship falls apart because they're not fighting with it together because it takes two to fight. And when it comes down to it, there's that, that end of that marriage. And now years later, God brings you somebody and you're remarried. And now you're living godly. And, 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 and don't ever think that alternate reality is the second best. Amen? Because he works it all for his good. It's crazy. I'm not saying that was, let's, let's make this happen. No, people have their will. They're going to do what they're going to do. Man, as we lean into God, oh, God turns it around as we find our rest in him. And so being bound to not burden. And in that, he would say things like, like in Exodus. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My flesh and my heart, David said, may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Not the reception of what I want. No, God is the strength of my heart and God is my portion forever. You keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you, Isaiah says, because he trusts you. Because he trusts you. Trust, it's another word for faith. Faith, faith, faith. Don't let anyone discount your faith. I don't know where you're at in this. They all weave in and out. But I want to challenge you to have faith to receive, faith to grow, and faith to rest in the middle of whatever you're going through. Because God is, everybody say, good. Jesus, right now, I ask that you'd be with our friends today, God. Those who are going through these things right now, give them that bounce. Give them that, that eternal perspective. Give them boldness to pray the prayer of faith. Lord God, boldness to pray, faith to receive, I pray, God. But, but, but God, a, 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 a discipline to have faith to grow in the midst of it. And Lord God, a, a sense of just a freedom to lean back and have faith to rest in you. Allow us to move in all this. In Jesus' name, everybody give God some faith. Thanks for joining us for this week's message. For more information, please check out www.momentumchurch.tv.